We do know that it's going to be Bengals versus the Rams in the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. But today, I want to start talking off about a guy that Steelers fans might have forgotten about a little bit, Stephon Tuitt. Of course, he didn't play at all in the 2021 season with the complications with having knee surgery and his brother's unfortunate death during the offseason. We got to talk about will he come back? Because there's been some interesting context clues we've been given over the past couple of weeks that I want to bring to light. Look at the question of whether to come back and the impact of what if he does come back versus what if he doesn't. All that talked about today and, of course, conference championship action to, to discuss right here on the Monday episode of the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show for free on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and of course, YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button on our channel to get all of our daily content as we have content Monday through Friday, keeping you up to date on your Pittsburgh Steelers. We thank you for making us your first listen every day here as our podcast remember if you want to help out the show leave us a five-star review with a positive comment on apple Podcasts, and you will get a shout out at the end of the show now let's get to the task at hand like i said conference championship weekend we'll talk about that in the third segment but i want to revisit the stefan to situation because as we know steelers fans Stephon Tewitt was, they were hoping that he could return at some point this season. We asked Mike Tomlin at his press conferences virtually every week going throughout the season. Will Stephon Tewitt return? Will Stephon Tewitt return? We never got a definitive answer as to what was going on. We have, you know, seen reports that he got did get knee surgery a little bit later than expected because his brother passed away in tragic in, in, in a tragic accident and a tragic situation uh, during the summer. And that kind of pushed back a lot of the timelines of things that he was going to do in the off season. And he never got back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Unfortunately for two, that meant that meant for, you know, him missing the entire season. And now you're in a situation where we're not sure if he'll be back next year. Now we've gotten some context clues. One art Rooney did address this briefly in his, um, in his, uh, his talk with the media last week. And he did bring up Stefan to it. And basically it's still a very much up in the air situation. He said, we were, we're going to talk with him and see what's best for him and see what's best for us. You know, looking at that situation, moving forward, they, the, the, the fact of the matter is they don't seem to know. They don't know what's going on for, uh, you know, with Stefan to it. And I, I think that's the biggest thing is that there, there's still questions that need to be answered. Stefan to it's a guy who, they paid a lot of money to. They gave him a big contract years ago um, because they saw him developing into a superstar interior defensive line talent. And he's just had unfortunate injuries, unfortunate situations kind of take away at that. He's played 21 games for the Pittsburgh Steelers over the last three seasons. That's an average of seven games a year. Um, and then that's a little unfair because he didn't play at all this season and he played six games in 2019, but it's also realistic. He played 15 games in, 29, in 2020, but again, this is why the Steelers paid him the money because they saw his potential. He had 11 sacks last year when he played a, a full season. And, you know, Stephon Tewitt throughout his career, He's had injuries that have kept him out of games. You know, he, he he's never played a full 16-game season, let alone a 17-game season that the NFL is now. And there's 
a lot of people question, you know, is he durable enough? Does he just have too many injury issues? Is he going through too much personal problems? And he's got to deal with mental health issues with, with, you know, with his family situation, lots of questions that aren't answered just yet, but, Looking at Stefan to it and what might happen here, we do know from a report from Pittsburgh Sports Now that his home was put up for sale in the Pittsburgh area. Now, they stress that does not necessarily mean that he's going anywhere because there's plenty of Steelers who have put their homes up for sale in the Pittsburgh area and then remained with the team over the years. But there's serious questions is. Was this it for him? Now, Stephon Tuitt would have, you know, was 28 during this season. He'll be 29 next year. As an interior defensive lineman, I mean, that's right in your prime. You know, 29, 30, 31, 32, that's where you start to hit your stride. I mean, if you go, if you go look at Cam Hayward, you know, Cam Hayward, as much as everyone, um, as much as every everyone loves Cam Hayward with his, you know, with with, with his, you know, his his leadership, his stellar play, you got to look at his numbers throughout the years. And he didn't really spike up for the Steelers until he got a little, he got a little bit older. If you look at, um, if, if you look at his, at his years, he didn't get double digit sacks until he was 28 years old in 2017. Then the only other time that he's gotten double digit sacks was this past year when he got 10 sacks for the Steelers in 2021. Um, but you know, and he had a couple seven, seven and a half, he had a seven and a half sack season, a 7.0 sack season, um, in 2014 and 2015. But he became that guy that got recognized all across the NFL and has been in five straight Pro Bowls or elected to five straight Pro Bowls. Um, you know, you know, from 2017 to now. Um, but that's when he emerged. Now, this is the time when Stefan Tuitt would be that, you know, he was, he would have been 28 this year. He's 29 next year. So uh, again, it's reasonable to think that he could bounce back from this and, and get into it, but clearly there's questions as far as to what he's actually going to be able to do. You know, if there's mental health problems, one thing that's been certain about this is the Steelers have kept this very close to the chest. They have not told anyone anything. They There's no official news. There's no reports leaking out of the camp that say whether or not he's done or he's coming back or what it, you know, what's the issue there. It's been mums the word. And, you know, I know some fans might be frustrated by that because they're like, you, you, you have to know, you want to know that's your team. That's your boys. You want to see how they do. But I, that's part of what the Steelers do. That I think is kind of classy. That you know, if this is involving private, personal stuff, and they know what's going on, then that's good enough for the Steelers. It doesn't matter if they if, if the fans know because what what, what are you going to do? Are you going to just just their roster? Are you going to adjust your depth chart in Madden? Like you know, that's that's different. The Steelers aren't operating at a pace where they don't know. What where they don't know about Stefan to it at all. There's no doubt that, that he's communicating with them and that they felt, hey, this is a situation we're willing to, you know, just wait on, see how it plays out. But I don't think they can do that, again, you know, for too much longer with the Pittsburgh, with their Pittsburgh Steelers, but because of their salary cap and how they're trying to build this team moving forward. It was clear this team missed Stefan to it because when you looked at the run defense being the worst in the NFL, that was a big part of it, but also the pass rush and the strain that it put, put on other pass rushers, even though the Steelers managed to finish leading this, the NFL in sacks for a fifth consecutive season, unprecedented in the history of the NFL. Stephon Tewitt plays a big role in all of that, and I want to talk more about the role that he has on the field that impacts guys when you look at tape, but also in the role of the salary cap. And what if he's not back? What does that do for what the Steelers have next year? Because they're already going to have the most salary cap space that they've had in decades for the Steelers. 
this could be an opportunity to see even more of that space if Stephon Tuitt isn't back. We'll look at both possibilities because either way, the Steelers could turn this into a real positive if they handle it the right way moving forward. So we'll deal with that in just a minute here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. But first, we have to talk to you guys about Bilt Bar. It's the new year, which means Built Bars giving helping you with your New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fitter or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bars in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good that you'll want to eat it. Unlike those, those protein bars that can be chalky or waxy, waxy or just straight up nasty. If you want to eat healthy, you'll often find it gets boring. And by the third week of eating your diet, you're sitting like, man, what? this is wrong, man. Where's the chocolate? Well, guess what? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. But in doing so, they only pack 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only four net carbs, but they pack 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar that has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Obviously, the Built Bars are the healthier option. Be sure to go through all your snack stashes. You order a box of Built Bars, you can get delivered right to your house, and then you can replace all those places where you keep those unhealthy snacks with Built Bars. They'll taste good, and they help you because you can get all the different flavors out that they have out there right now. Uh, examples of flavors, raspberry, Cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, uh, coconut almond, all those flavors available if you go to built.com right now. And their fans hitting us up on Twitter, hitting my Twitter up at Carter Critiques, telling us that they're loving their built bar order. So if you want to experience built bar, go to built.com. Be sure to use the promo code LOCKED15. It's L O C K E D 15, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order of built bars at built.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, keeping it rolling with you on the Monday episode. Let's continue our talk about Stephon Tuitt and his situation. Now, we've explained the team doesn't isn't saying anything, so we, as those who cover the team, we don't officially know what the situation is for Stephon Tuitt. By the way, uh, news point, forgot to say here in the first segment, Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson were put into the Pro Bowl to replace uh, Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, who are headed to the Super Bowl. Um, so... I guess that goes to their Pro Bowl situation there. But again, that's neither here nor there. Back to Stefan to it. Now, again, numbers wise, I want to look at the Steelers' pass rush numbers. If you go look at Pro Football Focus and you go look at their official hurry numbers and how often they're, you know, impacting the quarterback. If you look at this at, at this past season without Stefan to it. Steelers still had really good numbers. Cam Hayward had the most quarterback hurries. He had 43 hurries overall on the season. Um, and these are including the playoff game. Um, just TJ Watt was next with 27. Alex Highsmith was next with 22. Chris Wormley with 18. Crazy enough, Melvin Ingram with 11, even though he was on for like six games. And then from that, of course, TJ Watt got 23 sacks on 27 hurries. That's 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 a pretty crazy number. Um, but again, that's just what TJ Watt does. He finishes very well. Um, uh, Cam Hayward had 11 sacks on 43 hurries. Alex Highsmith had nine on 22. Chris Wormley had eight on 18. Good numbers there. Again, this the, the, these include playoff numbers. So for some people who are going to say, "Oh, Chris, they only got such and such sacks." Give me a break. I'm just I'm just going over the numbers that PFF does, and they include the postseason when you look at these numbers. Now, so you look at that situation, 43, 27, 22, 18, and that's from your front four. That's, that's solid. You're not mad at that. But then here's what it was when they had 
uh, Stephon Tuitt last year. Stephon Tuitt actually tied with Cam Hayward for the most hurries that season, both having 45. That, that's 90 quarterback hurries from your two interior defensive linemen. Imagine that kind of pressure and what that does. That also allowed TJ Watt to get get 33 hurries in, instead of the 27 he got this past year. Bud Dupree had 25 hurries instead of the 22 that Highsmith got this year. And, and then you still have Alex Highsmith that, that year getting 15 hurries. Vince Williams had 10 himself. Tyson Lulu had eight. You look at what it did for the rest of the Steelers, and the bottom line is that when Stephon Tuitt's out there, he becomes that presence that has that that takes on double teams because you're not leaving him in one on one, and if you are, you're posing the risk that he's going to become a problem. Get after your quarterback and create issues, and then in the run game, he also helps helps there as well. When you look at when you look at what he does, even if he's not making the play, if he's eating up a double team, if he's keeping the center and the guard at the line of scrimmage, allowing Devin Bush and whoever else is the linebacker next to him. To, to kind of read the play process and go be aggressive, that's a big role. And that's something that we were missing when Stephon Tua didn't return and then Tyson Alulu went out for the season. These are the things that having Stephon Tua back and why it's important and why I think some people are sitting out there shrugging it off like, ah, who cares? And when Stephon Tua was there, he was making a difference. Again, he had 11 sacks uh, in, in 2020. That's a big deal from the interior defensive line. That's a really big deal. And if, imagine if he was there this year, how many fewer double teams TJ could have gotten. He might have broken the sack record several times over if, you know, if he had been able to, uh, if he if he had had Stephon Tuitt out there eating up eating up more double teams eating up more you know taking away more attraction or if teams went to go double TJ it would have given Stephon Tuitt more opportunities and then that would have given Cam Hayward more opportunities and Alex Highsmith more opportunities that is what the the, the Steelers built this roster to be they built it to be a a uh, a team that has a really strong defensive front creates problems for you creates nightmares for you and if you didn't pay for an offensive line you're going to feel the pain. And we saw there were times that worked for the Steelers. There were times that didn't. And part of it was because they didn't have that complete op, that complete defensive line. Alu-Alu and Tuit not being there, put, you know, put put a bit more restraint on the edge rushers. They still, I thought, performed very well. I mean, T.J. Watt, Defensive Player of the Year, in my opinion. Um, Alex Highsmith, a really good sophomore season, had eight, eight sacks in the regular season, one more in the postseason, I believe. You know, you, you look at those numbers, you ain't mad at Alex Highsmith at all. He played actually played very well. And again, he's a, he's about to be a third year player you know out of college you're you're not mad at anything there but you're sitting there saying okay is this recapturable and that's where the Steelers tough question is and it's you know the NFL can be very unfair I mean, you know, life is unfair the NFL is unfair at times but there's got to be hard business decisions made and the fact of the matter is if you look at this at the Steelers at the Steelers salary cap situation it does paint a picture where you're starting to wonder you know how are they going to be able to function next year if Stephon Tuitt, you know, is 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 it there again? Now, if if you're looking at this season, if you're looking at you know what what the steel what the Steelers what would have available for them, um, you know, officially if you look to overtocap.com, they they have officially right thirty one million dollars right now. But you know, when Ben Roethlisberger with his retirement, when that money kicks in, it'll jump up to about forty million dollars. But this is where it gets interesting because after that. Then Stephon Tuitt becomes one of the bigger one of the bigger questions 
on the team there because you know TJ Watt just just got paid. He got paid. He's got he's going to count thirty one million dollars against the cap next year. I anticipate that number to be brought down by any, by some sort of reworking the numbers, restructuring. The Steelers do this do that a lot. But the the uh, you know Cam Hayward's the next biggest with seventeen point four million. But the guy after that is Stephon too with thirteen point nine million dollars of his tied up, you know, taking up cap space next year. If he could play next year, great. He you know, you want him to, to earn that money. But if he doesn't play next year and then you put you you post him as a you get him as a post June first uh cut against the team because he's retiring or he can't play anymore. Or he just says you're gonna have to you're gonna have to you know you know deal without without him for another year. That's nine million dollars that comes off the books. That's so with Ben Roethlisberger gone now with just with those two guys, you're gonna get yourself up to pretty much close to fifty million dollars in cap space. And again, that's without getting rid of Joe Schobert. That's without getting rid of Eric Ebron. That's without getting rid of any of the other guys that you think might be you know you know their contracts might be a little bit too heavy to keep them on the roster. Again, this now puts Kevin Colbert in a great situation this offseason to say, hey, which free agents do we want to bring in to be game changers? Now, would this make would this also mean that the defensive line needs to be part of that? Absolutely. You know, they shouldn't they shouldn't rule that out in, a, at all. But the bottom line is, you know, you look at this Steelers roster, it was built to succeed up front. It's built to dominate up front. I think it'd be much better for the Steelers if they got back Stephon to it and he was playing at the level that earned that type of money. Because when you get that, you're going to have a dominant defensive front again, as long as everyone stays healthy, including Tyson Alulu. You're going to have a dominant defensive front again. And if they can get the use the rest of that money to get a, you know a top flight cornerback, a part a partner, if they can use the draft or the money to get a partner for Devin Bush at linebacker, who would be a good complement to him. Um, I, I truly think this defense can get right back into the elite category. They just had a bunch of hiccups this year with problems that they that they didn't expect. So um, I, I'm really I'm really you know intrigued to see how this plays out for the Steelers. But either way, either you are getting if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're getting back Stephon to it, and you're going to get him back, and he's going to be immediately contributing back into the fold. And you know maybe with this long offseason process that that just had he had the whole year off um, with everything, maybe he's able to you know come into mini camp come into training camp and, and not miss a beat and get back into the fold and take time to get, you know, get on, get back on his game. And then by week one, he's ready to go. I really think that there's a chance for something, for something like that. But if it doesn't happen, you're going to get a lot of money that you can throw into that pool and say, Hey, who do we want this team to be around? Who do we want to be the key factors of this team? Those are going to be serious questions that get answers probably in the next few weeks to see which direction do the Steelers go. But Stefan to it, I still think that he could be a major factor for this team if he's able to come back, be healthy, and contribute for most games out of a season. We'll find out what happens in the 2022 year. But we're going to talk about the conference championship weekend because, oh boy, it was wild. And both games going down to the wire, coming down to field goals, crazy stuff. It's been a wild playoff season. Um, I, I'm very, I'm very, I was very drawn in by it. I had to work a pit basketball game during the end of the AFC champ championship game. So I was a little like, Oh, what am I missing? Um, but, uh, you know, I was able to watch the whole thing, you know, off the whole thing after and kind of keep up with what happened. There's some interesting stuff there about the future of this league, not just the obvious thing of, Oh, Joe Burrow is going to be unstoppable, but I think some interesting lessons to carve out of what these teams were able to do winners and losers in this conference championship game. So we'll talk about these in just a moment here. 
But first, I got to talk to you guys about Get Upside. Y'all know Get Upside. It's one of our great sponsors here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Steelers fans with an incredible app, everyone who buys gas, you want to get Get Upside right on your phone today because listeners who do use Get Upside earn cash back on every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app right now on App Store or Google Play right now, and you can use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. And that's cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as, as two or $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN or, you know, to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Again, that's promo code TOUCHDOWN on the Get Upside app. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We did a lot of talk about Stephon Tewitt and salary cap and stats and pass rush numbers and, and constructing the defense and who gets the focus. That's fine. That's done. Let's talk about the stuff that happened this weekend. Now, Sunday, it all went down to the conference championship games. As you know, the Bengals and the Rams will be playing in the Super Bowl. But my goodness, the Bengals pulling it out in OT 27-24, a 21-3 comeback as the as the Chiefs had them on the ropes with a chance to really put, you know, put a dagger in them. And it just so much goes into this game and there's different moments, but you can't help but feel the defining moment I thought for me was the Chiefs at the end of the first half, they're up, what was it, 14-10, to 17-10, um, Oh, no, sorry, 21 to 10. They were up 21 to 10 with the ball in, inside the five. They have a chance to, to go up and they, they they have three plays that fail, or excuse me, two plays that fail. And then they come to a play where Patrick Mahomes has five seconds left. And you're thinking, yeah, hey, it's Patrick Mahomes. He, he, he just scored. He just went 80 yards in 13 seconds last week. He can go, you know, two yards in five seconds. Well, Patrick Mahomes holds on to the ball a little bit, throws a pass beyond, you know, short of the sticks. Oh, gosh, Matt Canada alert. Um, and uh, Tyreek Hill gets tackled before he can get there, and that runs out the clock on the Chiefs. A bad decision, you know, whether it was Pat Mahomes making making a bad call. I don't really put that much on Andy Reid, you know, as far as, you know, saying, hey, Pat, we trust you to go get that touchdown because he's Pat Mahomes. He does it all the time. You know, that's one of those that's one of those no risk it, no biscuit type of situations. But you also sit there and saying, man, if they had just taken that field goal, what if that had done for the momentum? You would have been up 24 to 10 at going going at the half. You know, presumably it would have made it harder for the Bengals to tie you to, to send it to overtime. Lots of issues there that, that you come up with it. But in this game, to me, the thing that spoke the loudest, and congratulations to the Bengals and their fans because they got a hard fought win. Um, they they have every reason to be excited right now in a game where you know Jamar Chase didn't dominate. I think that the, the Chiefs he did get a touchdown, but the Chiefs I mean they limited him to 54 yards. It was T. Higgins who had 103 yards. I mean, overall, I mean, this was a game Joe Burrow didn't crush them. I mean, he had 250 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. You know, not a you know, a devastating game in, 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 by any means, but he did the, the he did what he's done for a lot of these games lately. He did just enough to get them over the hump, and that's all it takes to win in the NFL. Um, you know, it, it, it was an interesting situation, but you know, I, I think the big thing that I take out of this game beyond you know the obvious hyperbole of everyone saying, "Oh, the you know, Joe Burrow, they're about to run the conference, they're about to run the division, they're going to be unstoppable." Everyone's going to say, "Weren't we just saying that about the Chiefs?" 
if you had told anyone last year that the Bengals would go into era, like the thing about it, this time last year, 2021, January, whoop, you go back the way that the chiefs were beating the snot out of everybody. If someone had came up and told you, Hey man, I'm from the future. The, the Bengals next year, they're going to go rock right into Arrowhead and beat Patrick Mahomes right in his face and Joe Burrow, and they're going to do it, and they're going to do it without a real offensive line. They're going to just throw all these holes on the team, but they're going to do it. You would have thought that person was crazy, but that person would have been right. And I think it's a reminder for all the, for all the people that are saying, this guy's unstoppable, that guy's unstoppable. Everybody's stoppable in the NFL at some point. There's adjustments that you can make that will make life harder on different quarterbacks. And I think at some point, I do think Patrick Mahomes was seeing ghosts in this game because there were, I haven't seen the all 22 yet, but there were times when Tony Romo did the zoom out and showed the all 22 on the CBS broadcast. And it's like, Pat, what are you doing, buddy? That guy's open. That guy's open. I mean, on the final drive, when they had to get in field goal range just to kick the field goal to send it to overtime, there was a, a play where he had all the protection in the world. Travis Kelsey's open in the end zone. If he just throws the ball, it's a touchdown. They win the game. And he didn't do that. But credit to the Bengals for doing the things to confuse him just enough to make that happen. And, and the difference is, I think, with what the Steelers' situation was, the offense either possessed the football or scored a, a considerable amount in that situation. So, you know, I, I think it's very interesting. I think the Bengals are a very interesting team. They're a team that's that they, everyone's looking at like, man, this, this team's going to be a problem. I, I'm not banking on that just yet. I think that they you look at the way that they're, that the playoff schedule worked out, I think it worked out very much in their favor that they, they got two of the best opponents they could have asked for in the opening rounds. Um, and then they got Patrick Mahomes with maybe the biggest choke job he's had in his in his career. Um, that was uh, you know that you know that's a fortunate thing. But again, fortune favors the prepared, and the Bengals were ready to pounce on the on the Chiefs having having a bad second half because uh, the first half it looked like the Chiefs were about to run them out the door for twenty one three. But then the Bengals they settled down, they made the plays, they did what was asked them, and they got they 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 got the W, and they're headed to the Super Bowl. So big kudos to them. But um, you know a, again. I say this every time I talk about you hear me talking about on this show. I'm not a big guy that says, oh, they have to go get a quarterback right now. And if they don't get a quarterback right now, they're going to be doomed forever. And it's like, guys, come on. If it's the right fit, you go for it. Like, you know, if Kenny Pickett's sitting there and you didn't trade up to get him, okay, maybe we're talking about that. If Malik Willis falls to you or one of those guys falls to you in the second round, maybe you're talking about that. But I, I, I look at this, I look at this roster and I say, man, you got holes that you got to fill. And if you can use that first round pick on, you know, a Tyler Lindenbaum, a Charles Cross, a, someone on the offensive line that gives you an immediate boost on that group and you make it. And then you go in free agency, you hire a Toronto Armstead, or you hire someone else that, that's going to boost up your unit. You do all those things. All of a sudden you're sitting there and you're saying, man, you got a, you got a strong run game. You got good pass protection for whoever's back there. And if you've invested in your defense, which I like, which I think they, they will, maybe they might get a top flight corner. They might get some, you know, some help on the defensive line. If Stephon Tua doesn't get, come back. Those are all strengths that you can have to your favor. And you can play like the San Francisco 49ers who took the Rams to the mat in their NFC championship game. And I look at that game too, 
that's a that was a perfect example of how you could be a team with a quarterback who isn't that good, who isn't that great, who who's, who struggles. I talked about this with Brooke Pryor last week, right on this show. Brooke Pryor from ESPN. We talked about why Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the guy. I don't care who who you think you are, Steelers fans. He's not the guy that you want, it's, unless he's coming on a ridiculously cheap contract, and that ain't happening. But in that game, Jimmy Garoppolo and in all of the Niners games up to that point, he he wasn't the man. He but he took advantage of what was there, and he took what we took. He took what was was given was was given to him. You know, in this game, sixteen of thirty, almost a fifty percent completion percentage there, two hundred thirty-two yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Not spectacular by any means, but the but the Niners were in it with him. And I think if you get a guy who can understand that competitive nature, understand the right moments to to to, to press the issue, to go after the ball deep all down the field, and to play off of a strong run game, which you hope to develop, that's your best situation for a quarterback. And again. All the people that said they're saying they go, they're saying now that the Bengals are about to run run the house and they're about to just crush everyone. The Bengals were 10 and 7 this season. The Bengals got hot late. They're a young team. If they don't win this Super Bowl, there's no guarantee that they go back. Even if they do with this, there's no guarantee they go back and they just they just re- repeat this again. Teams are going to have a full season of footage on Joe Burrow. They'll start to adjust to him. Then we'll start to see how that plays out over the next few years. But in no way am I saying that am I saying that with with all this stuff that you know teams are doomed is just going to be about who has the best quarterback all the time every time, and that is a big factor. You want to have the best quarterback because it's the easiest way to mask up all the other deficiencies on your team with having a great quarterback because of how he's the he's the center of your entire offense. But the reality is, the Steelers, like I said last week as well, talking with Tony Serino. I, th- I think this this is this is not the year for the Steelers to reach out, reach up, and trade up to go get a quarterback. I think if you wait to your spot, you can get a really good offensive lineman, you can get a really good defensive player, you can get some guy who's going to fill out the rest of the roster, and then you know this 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 upcoming season, you work with Mason, you worked with whoever, you work with Terod Taylor, whoever you sign in free agency, maybe maybe you do draft a rookie in the second or third rounds, you give that a shot. And then next year, you're sitting there and you're saying, hey, good thing we invested in the offensive line. Good thing we invested in the defense and made both of those units really strong. A good thing Najee Harris and Pat Frymuth have come along. And now we're ready to go get our quarterback. And then all of a sudden you're saying, wait a minute, did they did they really just remake a top five defense again? Did they really just develop a really good ground game out of nowhere? And now you're getting a rookie quarterback? Sounds a lot like how they were able to bring Ben Roethlisberger into the fold. And if you're one of the many Steelers fans who was posting all the footage and highlights of his 2004 rookie season when he went 13 and 0 in the regular season or 14 in the regular season. I always miss that up. No, 14 0 in the regular season. You you gotta gotta remember it wasn't just Ben hopping in there and him lighting it up like he was Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. It was Ben Roethlisberger hopping in there on a good team and being able to just do enough. And this is granted this is a different era of the NFL, but we've seen teams push it and, and push the envelope over the past couple seasons with quarterbacks who aren't stellar, who aren't superstars. Jimmy Garoppolo has now been to two NFC championship games in the last three years for the 49ers. Again, it's either engine that makes that team go. No, but he's a, but he's a, he's a decent quarterback enough to make things happen. And I think if the Steelers can find that kind of guy, it doesn't have to be Jimmy Garoppolo. But you find that type of guy without bankrupting yourself or taking a huge chunk out of your salary cap, you're putting yourself in a very good situation to compete next year if the defense can stay healthy, if that offensive line can come together and and, uh, you, you get that run game going. Do all that, 
could be an interesting spot. But uh, congrats to the Rams as, as well. They played phenomenal. Cooper Cup, 142 yards and two touchdowns. That guy, that guy's the best receiver in the NFL. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Matt Stafford uh, showing showing up big, th- 337 passing yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, and of course, Pittsburgh's own Aaron Donald. Uh, you know, getting in there, he didn't. He had that batting, pat, batting passing in the game. Didn't have a great game. You know, did he only had three tackles, but part of that was because the Niners were trying to keep him. You know, trying to get the ball out fast because they didn't want that pass rush from the Rams to get active early. Again, things that a, a great pass rush can do for you and create for the rest of the team. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting weekend. If you're a Pitt fan, you're really happy because Tyler Boyd, both these guys, Western PA products and Pitt stars, former Pitt, Pitt, Pitt Panther stars, Tyler Boyd, the former Panther star receiver, Aaron Donald, the former Panther star defensive tackle, facing off in the Super Bowl, one of them is going to get a Super Bowl ring this offseason. That's all we have for you today. There's a lot more to talk about with with these upcoming games, with you know, with what the Steelers need to do. It's going to be a lot to discuss. We'll keep you updated on all your Pittsburgh Steelers news right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Remember to subscribe to this show. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Like the video if you're seeing it on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel for more to get all of our uh to get all of our daily content right here. And if you want to help us out more, give us a five-star review with a positive comment on Apple Podcasts and you'll get a shout out at the end of the show. Today's shout out goes to our one of our latest five-star reviews. We have another one we'll get to tomorrow from D2 Mobile DJ who says insightful and fun. Chris always brings brings great insight to the podcast and knowledgeable guests to make it interesting. Tons of important for information about the team's current situation while looking to the future. As an out-of-state fan, it is my go-to for all Steelers info. Thank you so much, D2 Mobile DJ. Like, uh, We appreciate your five-star review. We have one more new five-star review to be, to be reading tomorrow. You, if you put one in, it might t- it might come, it might come be coming in a little bit late, but we will eventually get to your five-star reviews right here at the end of every Locked On Steelers podcast like we always do. Again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. We have, a, we, have a, we have a fun week lined up for you. We'll see you on your screens and in your ears tomorrow. 